Hello everyone and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 159. I'm Bidget Yoder here today talking about video games, probably mostly kinda. There's, it's a, another one of those weeks where I don't have uh, a ton to talk about to be honest with you. Um, I did go ahead and finish up the Japanese version of Disaster Day of Crisis this weekend though. Um, you know, if, if you didn't watch uh, the stream this week, we went and finished up Disaster Day of Crisis on, for the European version on stream. Uh, so the Japanese version, you know, now that I finished it, you know, it's a very, very similar game. There are some slight differences here and there. Uh, I wonder if there's some balance changes at one of the end part of the game. I have to go back and cross-reference some of the gameplay for my stream. Uh, but yeah, I, I maybe had about like 20 or 30 things that I need to kind of go back and double check to make sure that they're actually different. There are some things that I just like, I think this is different and like these feel different, but I wasn't able to tell for sure. So I will say that the end of the game, the script in the Japanese version feels like it gets significantly worse. There's this whole cutscene where um, you're like riding this elevator up and you have this walkie talkie on thing or something. And uh, you're kind of talking to the, 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 the FBI guy and he's like, you're like, oh, after this, we're going to go get a drink or something. But the conversation just kind of goes all over the place in the Japanese version. And then like... Uh, it gets cut off at some point randomly because that's plot wise your your radio gets cut off um but then like ray has this really awkward response where he's just like i i guarantee i'll be back or something so so yeah it's just some of the stuff towards the end of the japanese version is 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 very strange uh i'd say a lot more so than the 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 early parts i'm definitely the impression that european script is probably the best script um, which, I mean, isn't super surprising. He's basically got uh, an, another round of edits, essentially. Um, but I think there was, like, I think there's probably some way you could look at it and say. But I think beforehand, that I think part of my assumption was, like, maybe the Japanese version was more of a kind of bad English in an entertaining way. Um, but it's, it's more of just stuff isn't written as cleanly or nicely. Um, I don't think there's anything in the Japanese version that's, like, really bizarre enough to really, you know, stand out as, like some some goofy classic line being you know delivered poorly or read weirdly or anything like that um like you might get in like some older playstation one japanese games that have english voice acting so so yeah that i finished up so i think there'll probably be some like mini comparison video i think if you if you see my playstation 2 backwards compatibility video you can probably kind of expect that type of video out of doing a disaster day of crisis comparison not a lot going on there originally i thought i might make it like a bigger project talk about the development of disaster day of crisis a bit but um but i think i think uh diddy knows gaming's uh, video on disaster day of crisis covers most of what i would want to say uh maybe didn't go as in depth as i'd want to but they, they still cover most of it so so yeah uh then also um bought a couple of love and berry things if you don't know i joined the love and berry discord i mentioned it last week i think and uh and somebody in there is asking if anybody owned the love and berry dvd ova uh and i saw that i could i could get it actually for like 20 dollars. so i went ahead and bought it i'm gonna rip it for them and just send it over but but when i was looking up that that dvd um i i found there was like a love and berry uh plush doll that was released in thailand it was like a the ballroom edition i think is what it's called there's like a bunch of different plush dolls but the ballroom one is the one i got and uh it's cute it was it, i like how it looks a lot it is uh i think a used one so I'm, I'm not sure like how cleanly it will be i might need to look into how to clean up a plush doll i'm also a little concerned because it's like it has like a very uh frilly dress and everything if, you, if you've seen like the dresses in a token doll it looks very similar which is probably why i liked it 
um, because it is like this very, uh, I guess you could call gothic Lolita dress looking thing. So it's a cute doll. I probably shouldn't spend my money on it, but that's my life right now. <laughs> so, so yeah, and that's kind of it. I haven't really played anything else, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of editing the PCFX podcast right now, making some progress on that. Uh, and that's kind of my focus at the moment. So, so I don't think I'll really play anything until I get back to the Wizard of Oz to work on the the review. Unfortunately, um, so outside of you know obviously Disaster Day of Crisis, which I just finished up. But, but actually, as I'm speaking right now, uh, Disaster Day of Crisis is running through my capture card at the moment, and I'm just capturing the entire all the cutscenes of the game because you can do like an all cutscene playthrough kind of thing of it. So that's I think it's like an hour and thirty minutes worth of cutscenes. So that's just sitting in the background while I record this podcast. Um, in terms of news this week, I haven't been paying a ton of attention to a lot of the, I guess you could call it like, uh, online E3 stuff. It, it's kind of spread out in a way, like, like part of the appeal of E3 for me is everything's kind of compact and shoved together. Um, and so I can just kind of pay attention between this window and then not just like, like catch random streams at random times or things like that, or, or streams about individual games. So I, I really haven't been paying a ton of attention to what's going on. Uh, I did watch the EA event though. I think it's pr- it was a pretty typical EA event um, in terms of you know E3. They had a couple of uh, big games. I thought the Star Wars game looked all right. I already forgot the name of it. I don't think I'll play it though. Uh, and I thought uh, it takes two looked looked like it could be. Well, well, let me let me roll that back. It takes two had no gameplay. They showed some in engine render and in engine renders, but there's no actual like content to me for me to say if it like looks interesting or not. Uh, the only reason it really uh, is on my my uh, radar is I really liked a way out, which is the same developers, and this is also like a co-op kind of game. Um, but aesthetically it's very different. So, so I, I'm still need to see more of it to know if I'm particularly interested in it. Um, but I, th- I think I would be, I, I generally like a way out despite the, the kind of bad criticism of it and, or not bad criticism, but the, 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 you know, it, it was not super well received. Uh, but I generally liked it. I, I would not say it's a great game or anything like that, but yeah, I played through it twice too. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like that's, I, this just wasn't a lot going on. It seemed very much like an EA year where they're like, we're going to announce a bunch of games that are going to be in development. And then over the course of the next three years, we're going to release like one or two of them a year. And, and uh, it's, it's just not like a great, like, <laughs> like it's cool to see that stuff in development, but, but just nothing really stood out as like real titles right now. They're like, Oh, Bioware's working on an RPG. And it's like this weird pulsing mass of, you know, lava rock or something and like uh criterion's working on some jet game or something it's like a dude flying around with a jetpack or something so it's like like but it's like like a textureless world them just like saying we're developing stuff for this hardware not like saying here's a look at this game just you know it's more about the tech that they're showing than it is the uh the the content of what they're showing and you know that means very likely whatever that ends up being will actually be a game so so yeah, or or well, you know that what 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 they're showing is not really representative of what a a game will be at this point. Uh, there was that Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memories uh, trailer that came out. Um, I I kind of like uh, this is outside of the EA event, obviously. I like rhythm games with like an adventure aspect, and I really couldn't tell if that was the case with Kingdom Hearts. I assume there will be story. There were some cutscenes and stuff included in the trailer for this game, but yeah, it's basically just a rhythm game playing some Kingdom Hearts move- music. I don't know if I will personally play this just because I'm, I'm not a huge Kingdom Hearts fan, um, but I probably it's probably up there on my list of games I'd play. I I, I think Kingdom Hearts 365 divided by two days or whatever. 
um, is is still like top of the list of me when it comes to Kingdom Hearts. But I think this is pretty high up there, like a top three game that I'd check out, uh, just because it's a weird one, not not because it's like a quality thing. Uh, I think at this point with Kingdom Hearts, as long as you know it, they're doing something weird and fun, I'm I'll I'll check it out. But if it's just like we're making Kingdom Hearts four, eh. Eh, no more if you do your weird like return to versus 13 thing that you've been you've been weirdly teasing i i will i will check out maybe kingdom hearts 4 but right now i'm, not, I'm just not super interested in kingdom hearts but this is a fun little thing i thought it was a nice way to reuse the uh the uh you know the music of the game i think the gr- the graphics in the game are, are very much like the um maybe like one of the one of the older games in terms of the engine i have to look at it again but i, I seem to recall it looking more like a ps2 game than it looks like a uh uh, uh, PS3 game. The the trailer they showed at the end was using like the higher res models though, so I don't know if that's like rendered in game or if that's just something separate. Uh, and then there's also another rhythm adventure game called Mad Rat Dead, which is basically like a uh, rhythm platformer. It's got really like, weird aesthetic, very cartoony, um, and it reminds me a lot of uh, Curse of the Necker Dancer, where it's like every input you do gets like kind of lined up with the timing. So it requires you to just be like constantly on top of the rhythm or something. I haven't really tried uh, Curse of the Necker Dancer or the Zelda spinoff for that. So I don't know if I would like something like that very much. It seems very demanding to ask you to like constantly be on rhythm, even 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 under stressful situations. But I assume they're designing those games with the intention that, yes, you're going to lose. <laughs> you're going to lose track of the rhythm at some point. So, so I think it's a cool looking game. I, I Again, I don't know if I'll ever end up playing it. That's the, the common theme right now is I'm actually not super like interested in adding games to my games to play list here <laughs> it's just uh I'm not, i haven't really been able to catch up unfortunately i say that but like it's not like i have a big backlog or i think the difference is is that right now i feel like i'm not making any progress at all versus like slowly working through my backlog or something like that although i can mark that that japanese cro- copy of disaster day of crisis is beat now that i've beaten us it separately from the european version so and then there's like a five or six minute long uh, VVV Tunia video. Um, I watched the trailer. I didn't really see anything stand out about it. Uh, I was interested in seeing they did uh, start showing like how they're implementing the different VTubers. I guess if you say if you don't know if you don't know what this is, like a Neptunia game that's based around uh, virtual YouTubers, and so they call it VVV Tunia in Japan. I don't know if that's going to keep the name here that way. I feel like anybody who's buying Neptunia is probably going to know if you name it VVV Tunia that that's what it is. Um, but, but yeah, I was curious to see like how they were going to handle the, the VTubers, you know, cause if you don't know, if you ever seen VTubers, like not, they're not always in like full 3d models and stuff. Some of them have 3d models or sometimes they'll only do 3d models. Sometimes other times they use like a live 2d avatar. So it's like a 2d avatar that kind of sits there and bends around and things like that. Um, and it's like mapped to them essentially. I'm actually not sure how they do like emotions and moving and stuff in that. I assume some of it is like tracking the face, but I assume they have some control over it themselves too. Anyways, words. Um, so, but it did kind of, when I was watching this trailer, it actually kind of brought up an interesting question on, on, on one side, which is, uh, the Neptunia games, I think the majority, if not all of those get a dub. Um, so, so I'm curious if they're going to dub the VTubers. Cause I feel like VTubers, uh, a lot of it is like the actual voice actor. I mean, the, the voice actor is kind of the personality um uh with it uh maybe maybe more so now than before like i don't know if kizuna i is like really anything like her actual character 
where I feel like some of the newer ones uh, feel a lot more personable. Uh, Tim actually, I think he, he actually told me at some point that he felt like they broke character more often or something. And I thought that was an interesting point for their hollow life. I think it's the group called they, they've been fairly popular lately. Probably very popular. Actually, I'd be curious to know what the actual numbers are of those. Obviously, I could go look at their subscription numbers, but I'm lazy. I'm not going to go do that. (laughs) Um, uh, But yeah, but I'd be interested to see if they end up dubbing the VTubers in that game um, and what kind of approach they take with that. I mean, if you're going to dub everybody else, you know, I guess mine as well. I assume they include Japanese in those games these days. That's kind of all I have to talk about this week in terms of anything, really. So, you know what that means? That means we get the return of the Video Gaming Bits feature. Oh, my favorite feature. I feel like I should, like, include this every week um, because I like it. But whenever there's, like, a 40-minute podcast, I'm like, there's no way I want to add in <laughs> add in another, like, 10 minutes of me talking about some random game. So if you don't know, the video gaming bit is basically where I go on to backloggery.com, where I have most of my video games in a backlog. And I am uh, checking anything that I have uh, played in my collection and then just pulling a random one out and talking about it uh, through the fortune cookie feature. Um, my favorite one is when Viet Cong Purple Haze pops up because it feels like that game pops up like every time for some reason. So, uh, we'll try that. Well, so I'm going to go ahead and pull up our game here. And the game I got was Kirby's Blowout Blast, which, uh, now that I think about it, I don't remember how much I talked about this game. Uh, I probably talked about it on the podcast before. Um, but you know, eh, it's been long enough. Let's chat about it. I really like Kirby's Blowout Blast. Uh, originally I was looking at this game. It's a 3DS Kirby game. And I was interested in it because uh, it's it's like a top-down isometric or like side view kind of thing. Um, so there's like some 3D depth to the environment, you know, tense being on the 3DS in some ways. I think by the time this game was coming out, though, I, I don't think a ton of people were thinking that much about the 3D when it comes to the system. Um, but I was I was pretty excited because there's actually a GameCube prototype that uh that uh, Hal was working on for Kirby a long time ago and this this prototype is not the one that was showed off at E3 the E3 one was like a a side scroller that was four players that ended up turning up to look more like return to uh dreamland or whatever that game's called on the Wii uh so this was one that they talked about in a Iwata asks where they're talking about like how the Kirby's development cycle for the cuz there was a very long time where there wasn't like a console Kirby game that wasn't um uh Kirby's epic yarn because Kirby's Epic Yarn was like a, a different game originally, um, so this is like a, this is like a side view isometric 3D platformer Kirby, and I thought it looked like interesting. I I mean the whole version was canceled because they couldn't find a way to make it fun, so I'm not gonna sit there and say it was like the right move to do, but I thought it was interesting. So this game reminded me a lot of that, and uh, and it's not really that. Uh, it, I mean it, it does have some like 3D environment stuff, but um, but it's not really the focus. Uh, what the real focus is is on comboing. So in Blowout Blast, basically. If Kirby sucks up multiple enemies, he'll uh, go ahead and make like a larger and larger star that he spits out of his mouth. So unlike, you know, older Kirby games, uh, you know, this might this might be a mechanic in older Kirby games, too. But maybe it's not the focus. It's like just like a weird thing you can do. Um, but in the in the blowout blast, you can just suck up like a bunch of enemies. And then when you shoot it, it shoots out this big star. And the whole point is to kind of combo it so that star hits as many enemies as possible. Ideally, it kills all the enemies and you get basically like a score based off that. And so it's really like a, a uh, uh, somewhat like puzzle puzzle score game kind of thing. Um, so a lot of it's just like going in, trying to find the right place to suck up enemies, the number of enemies you need to suck up, or the size of enemies who, uh, and then knowing exactly where and when you should shoot that star. 
Um, and it's a very short game, so it like makes it really easy to try it again. I think it's like an hour long uh, on its own, and then I think I beat it. Or I think I 100%ed it after like two hours or something like that. I think the one thing I didn't do was there's like an amiibo function on this system to like build a statue and i don't have a kirby amiibo so i didn't do anything like that um but yeah i had a lot of fun with it and it you know it didn't really deserve a full review but uh if i could ever make like a um like a clip of it or something maybe a clip out of this audio i'd have to get the actual footage somehow um i I seem to recall trying to uh set this up on my hacked 2ds xl um to uh record it but my my 2ds xl i do not associate with my nintendo account so i can't just like pull download games normally on there i think you can very easily do that um and and basically how i handle um downloadable games on 3ds is if i don't own it i'll buy it on my mainline 3ds and and then you know not really use it there i'll buy it download it whatever i want to do um but then on my 2ds xl then i'll just go find the actual you know software on the internet and put it on there because is already a hacked system. So that's where I kind of get my, uh, my peace of mind is that I go ahead and just buy it on my actual 3ds with that, which has a like official account system on it or account on there. So, so yeah, it was very fun. I liked it a lot. Uh, I, I think it was a little pricey for, for how long it was. Um, but I, I think it was a really, a really fun, cute little thing. And, and it, it killed like, you know, two hours on a plane fight, which was, I think what really mattered. So, so yeah. And like I said, if you just want to finish it like once, it's like an hour long, I think very, very short game. Uh, but I think it's cool. I, I really like that Kirby's a very experimental franchise. Um, I don't always like what they do. I'm not a big fan of Kirby Mass Attack. That was the one I checked out on DS because I was like, oh, this looks really cool. It's like one where like Kirby would break up into 10 tiny Kirbys. So it's almost like a weird Kirby Pikmin game kind of in some ways. Um, but it just never really resonated with me because that game, and it, it kind of has the Kirby problem of being overly easy and simple. Um, so like, like my goal in Kirby Mass Attack was just to throw Kirby's on enemies as much as possible <laughs> and, then, and then just walk through everything. And, you know, Kirby's Blow Up Blast is, is also very easy. Um, but it is, um, you know, it has that, that score aspect to it that I think makes it kind of fun. It's, it's a score aspect and it's very easy to kind of pick up and return to. I think sometimes my, my frustration with like, you know, Kirby's Dreamland 3 or something like that is, um, it, it feels like it does take a bit more to like you know drag power-ups through the stage make sure you don't lose it and things like that i like having all the tools available to me to succeed in kirby blowout blast like at the location that i'm i'm doing something so i don't have to sit there and like you know oh i can't get a 100 percent score on this level because i didn't pull the enemy from the last room and bring him into the next room then shoot him in that room kind of thing um and and i think there's levels in that game are actually very short too so yeah it's pretty fun i think i that might be I was about to say that might be my favorite Kirby game, but I think Kirby Dream Land 1 is my favorite Kirby game still. I, I really just love how Kirby Dream Land 1 plays. I maybe should make a video about my Kirby Dream Land 1 feelings. Um, I've kind of talked about them on the podcast before. I've also written an article about it, so it would be like an adaptation probably. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll figure that out someday. I was like, I, part of the reason I did my Valkyrie Revolution adaptation was because I was like, oh, this will be like a really easy video review to throw together. And then I started working on it. And it was a nightmare. And and that's kind of how I ended up where I am today is I worked on Valkyrie Revolution for too long and got behind on my other projects. <laughs> so I basically burnt all my extra time that I got from completing my Okotoka doll video early. So, yeah. 
Anyways, that's it. Thanks for coming. Sorry if I sound a little low energy this week. I do feel a little low energy right now. Thanks for coming. Uh, I've been watching Pat Labor, by the way. I forgot about that. I started watching Pat Labor while I was working on stuff randomly. I've been trying to, like, stay off YouTube as much and, like, don't listen to news as much because it's killing me. Um, um, it's fine. Like, I, I just, um, I think I just need a change of pace. Sometimes I, like, will just watch YouTube stuff and it's just, like, such a giant hole that it, it just eats up a ton of time. So having Pat Labor on um you know with the dub and everything it's it's nice to have that on the background as like a different thing and and like a show that's like super super easy to follow you don't have to be like paying a ton of attention all the time for it and still just like really good like easy to enjoy and things like that anyways wellcontrolreport.com is the website um you know per usual podcast goes up at uh 9 a.m pacific time every monday um, for the stream, since we finished up Disaster Day of Crisis, the next game we're going to play is The Girl and the Giant Robot. I think Is that what it's called? I think it's The Girl and the Robot. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's an indie game that was originally announced for the Wii U, I think, or PC and Wii U. And I, I think the Wii U version got canceled, so I picked up the PS4 one. I think I'll take it like maybe a stream or two, so it's kind of intended to be a shorter, shorter game. Um, I guess disaster was kind of meant to be a longer game, but it ended up being only three streams as well. So, so yeah, but I think we'll, we'll check that out. And then, uh, and then we're going to move on to quest 64 and, uh, I, I went ahead and tested out quest 64. It seems to be fine. If you don't remember the last time in a Nintendo 64 stream, I had some issues with crashing and it was between multiple games. So I don't know if that was a, a console issue or particularly those games or what, um, I think I may have cleaned my 64 um, after that, so maybe it's maybe it's all good and better. I might have a backup game just in case we do run into any problems, uh, and then and then go from there. I, I think that game's like maybe 20 hours long. I could be wrong about that. It might be might be shorter, um, but yeah, I think I think it'll be at least be a handful of streams. Um, and I don't think it's like a ton of guidance in that game, so there's a good chance I'll get like lost or something. Um, but but yeah, we'll see how it goes. Although I think it's a very linear game too, so maybe not. Anyways, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. OneControlPort.com is the website. I hope you have a great week. Bye.